hear her. Fucking shit. So he drops the, he gives her a stripe, right? And he drops the tape. He's got to tear off that little extra. Yeah. And he gives it to her. And he puts the second stripe on. She came over and I looked. So, well, what is that? Like two and a quarter, two yeah, and a like quarter, quarter, two and a half. She goes, no, I'm going to use this to fix your glasses when I smash them. I was like. This is Rolling Rocks Radio with Jerry Armentrout, Cody Carter, and Scott Barker. Welcome to another edition of Rolling Rocks Radio, the podcast where we talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, and anything else we find entertaining. He's Jerry Armentrout. Hey. I'm Scott Barker. Welcome to today's show. So various and sundry uh, today, Jerry, we had a hell of a good day yesterday. Yeah. We had, um, we had our uh, seminar with our black belt, uh, Dennis Hayes, from Hybrid Martial Arts in Roanoke. He came up, put on a two-hour seminar with, uh, we did a lot of stand-up stuff, we did a lot of grip fighting, some foot sweeps, and then a good hour's worth of Q&A, um, and then we had belt tests, and uh, one, of our, uh, one of our teammates, uh, Olivia, uh, tested for her blue belt in probably one of the most impressive blue belt tests I have ever seen. I she raised the bar on what blue belt tests are going to be like now. Yeah, she ran she ran through it almost flawlessly. And pretty much by memory. Yeah, she just ran through yeah. The they just let her go. They didn't call stuff out. She just he told her kind of told her to start and she just kept going. Yep, she she got on a roll and didn't stop and I guess Den, I guess Dennis didn't want to break her stride cuz we just sat there and watched for a good 45 minutes as she rolled through the blue belt test and it was impressive um one of uh, pedro sour's black belts krista debunkner she uh you can you can watch her blue her black belt test online but you got to pay seven bucks which to watch her black belt test i can kind of understand why if olivia keeps it up people are going to be paying 15 bucks to watch her black belt test on the the internet in the future that was really a, an impressive. Uh, it was an, an impressive display of, of jujitsu skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they rolled. Uh, Dennis rolled with her afterwards, and it was it was impressive. She did very very well. So, congratulations to Olivia, and congratulations to the rest of our teammates who uh, got striped up yesterday. Jerry got his second stripe on his blue belt. I got my first. Yep. Liz got uh, two stripes on hers. Will. Uh, got Will Little got one. Um, was it Matt Warner, our special guest from uh, episode eleven? Matt Warner got um, his second stripe on his purple. Yep. Kevin Pallister got his third, yep. which was Kevin was a little worried there for a mm-hmm. minute because uh, Matt was going to be striped up the same level as he was. And uh, our coach Brian got two. got two stripes on his brown belt. So. Um, it was a good day. It was a lot of good hard rolls. Yeah, I think yeah. we got – we haven't had that many people in the gym at one time I don't, I don't, yeah, for a quite time. a while. Um, I think I counted I got seven good rolls in. Um, good, hard, competitive rolls, fun. You know, nobody walked out of here too awful hurt. We got some old man aches going on today, but that's a whole yeah. other story. Yeah. Uh, but it was a good day, and, and you know, thank you to all the – Total defense uh, teammates who showed up yesterday, and thank you to Dwayne Rumsfeld and uh, and Dennis Hayes from Hybrid for coming up and putting on another great 
a great seminar for us. We truly appreciate it. Yep. So did you see the news that Maverick's going to be fighting March 12th? Yep. She got that last-minute fill-in fight. Yeah, I, uh, I saw that, and she's excited. So she's been keeping in shape just in case. So she's set a weight zone point, point, and she's excited, which is good for her because she you know, had a loss, and she wants to bounce back real fast. Yep, she's had uh, – actually, she's had two losses. Yeah. So. Well, like I said, we're, I'm, I still don't agree with the judges. No, I don't. I don't agree on that one. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I don't know too much about her opponent. opponent yeah. Um, so I'll ha- we'll have to do some research, and, you know, we've got a couple of weeks, so we'll talk about this in the future. But, um, you know, good luck to Maverick. We're yeah. looking forward to that. Hopefully she'll, uh, she'll be successful in this fight because um, I still think she's got heavy yeah. prospects in the UFC. So good luck. We'll, we'll be looking forward to that one. Um, then I guess you saw that uh, Shinya Aoki is going to fight Sexy Yama in one. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I think that's going to—it's one of those things. It's like okay, they've been talking about it for a while, and I think they finally got it worked out. Yeah, um, I just—I still just love the fact that I love the fact that his nickname is Sexy Yama, yeah. and you know, a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the female fighters are like, ooh, sexy Yama. Yeah. So I think it'll be a good fight. Shinya is always, he's always a good fight. Um, it, it's fun to watch him. And Akiyama is also, like, yeah. he's a good fight as well. So, but that ought to be a fun one. Um, the jiu-jitsu match that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that turns out is the Gio Martinez versus Mikey Musumes. Yeah. Musumichi, there we go. There, yeah, they're, they're previous issues. Yeah. Um, and that you know that's the that's kind of the interesting thing, right? So you got you got Mikey and you got uh, you, you got Geo, and you got Richie um, mm-hmm. Martinez, who are the you know the the freak the the tenth planet freak brothers, okay. and you know Geo's the smaller of the two, and you know they're from, you know where they come from. Smack talk's a thing, right? Yep. So Geo started smack talking Mikey um, a little bit. Mikey took offense to it because that's kind of not you know. You're, you're probably not going to find a nicer guy than Mikey because he's just he's just a sweet guy. Yeah. So Mikey got a little butt hurt over the whole situation and started questioning Geo's black belt. And yeah. There it, was yeah. Yeah. It, it it that one got a little sour. The the match ended with Mikey winning, but the the jawing continued yes. even after the match. Um, Mikey apologized. Gio apologized. You know, they, they both. It looked like they kind of made up, but apparently they haven't because nah, yeah, yeah. they're going into this match with a little bit of animus on each side. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And I believe this match is for Mikey's title. Yeah, so, I think. Yeah, I think this is a defense for him. And so that'll be on, I believe, the twenty fifth uh, of March. So we that'll be on. Um, Tezos, who's number one, and then we've got there's another flow grappling on the twenty. I'm sorry, not flow grappling, but um, Polaris is coming up. We got a Polaris coming up on the twenty sixth. So March is going to be a good month for uh, some for for grappling. So it'll be worth checking out. Like I said, yeah. Big. I mean, yeah. If you spare, if if you if our fans enjoy watching grappling, because a lot of people get bored real fast, but you got. For me, I don't mind the nuance and the the little things that are going to go on. 
Okay, that's a new position. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you gotta be able to uh, watch someone work methodically where they might not move but a few inches at a time over a span of a few minutes before someone does something cool. That's the thing that I do like about the who's number one rule set yeah. is they are they are biased towards action. Yep. They're biased towards advance. And they know, and and the competitors know that, that if they just kind of hold guard and just kind of chill, they're going to lose. Okay, so this this is a good point to this is a good point to bring this up because I wanted to add, I wanted to get your opinion on this. You, did you see Gordon Ryan's statement that basically jiu-jitsu is dead in Brazil? Yeah. His comment was that all of the innovation um, that's going on in, in jiu-jitsu, especially no-gi competitive yeah. jiu-jitsu, is going on in America. That there's there, there are no real champions of no-gi or like world, you know, world competitive athletes coming out of Brazil. So he's saying that all of the the all of the um, innovation is being done in America. He said you, you you may see you'll continue to see gi competitors you know at worlds and at pans from Brazil, but he thinks that no gi competitive grappling is dead in Brazil, and it's all like that all of the innovation is happening in America. Now that's a hot take from the yeah. king of hot takes. Yeah, I mean, I strictly speaking about nogi because you got Tenth Planet. I think, and Eddie Bravo's hinted at this before that nogi is an American style. Mm -hmm. That Brazil really does not do nogi. Sorry, that uh, they are more of an old-fashioned gi training. So I kind of get what he's what he's getting at but to say that no innovations coming out of brazil and that you won't have any brazilian champions there's a lot of young brazilians that are going to the no gi because it's more fun yeah and they can get away from the gi grips and everything else and they can do their own thing so at the moment maybe give it a year and then shit will change yeah i mean there's there's probably a, a group of guys down there now in Brazil that are just literally like <clears throat> a few months away from breaking on the scene, and then they're going to start dominating, and they'll have a different variation of nogi. Well, yeah, and it's kind of like if you think about mixed martial arts, right? You you kind of had at first it was the you know the era of the the jujitsu guy, yeah. right? And then it was the era of the wrestler, yeah. and then you started getting like strikers were yeah. really, you know. They were the ones that came on because they figured out how to you know, negate the, yep. the jujitsu and the wrestling, and you know now we're getting more into more you know more hybrid type yep. fighters. But you know, something will happen like Leoto Machida, right? Because yep. we were starting to get into that that hybrid territory, and then Leoto Machida came in with a pure stand up style yep. that was different from everybody else, and kind of turned that division on its ear. So to your point, I can kind of see that you know, yeah, we'll you know, America will be the innovator for a while, and then, you know, be it Brazil or hell, you have the, the Dagestani's, you can yeah. right. I mean, it could be anywhere. But plus, I mean, he's saying yeah, but, but how many of these young competitors move to America? Now and that's start, true and, too. And then start living here and taking up residence here. So him saying it's happening. If he's saying it's happening in America, true, but it's not just Americans. 
because a lot of the a lot of uh, people move here it's because this is where they can train get sponsors and all they got to do is train hmm. yeah so yeah and yeah that's the interesting thing about the you know kind of the American you know the way we yeah. do things right because I mean, you've got who's number one you've got flow grappling you I mean yeah Polaris kind of happens a variety of places right but you've got you know, you got Polaris, you got Submission Underground. Yep. I mean, how many? I mean, what? That's five organizations in America you can get that pay. Good, yep. You got some real good sponsors. You, sponsors, you can get. You get some yep. train, good. So yeah, I, I understand what he's saying, but I mean, if he's if he's just trying to say Americans are the innovators, that's a little out there. But if he's saying a lot of it's happening here, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. For, so. You know, for now. For now. It, it, it'll, I mean, it'll be cyclic, cyclical. Yep. I think it'll be, uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll come and go. Um, we'll see, we'll see innovations from other countries yeah. as well. Oh, always. Yeah. Um, I mean, just look at what the, like, so just look at what the Dagestanis and the Chechens yeah. are doing in the UFC. Yes. Speaking of Dagestan and Chechnya, we had some fights last night. Yeah. Yes, we did. Uh, so. Well, I, I, even though he lost, I give I give credit to uh, Bobby Green for stepping in on 14 days' notice and fighting uh, Islam. Yep. And it did not go well for him. I mean, he got stopped in the first round, but Bobby Green took the fight, and I give it to him because you know that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty you know upset yeah. um with the loss you know he said he was i believe the quote was expensive pain i think yeah. he meant extensive pain but yeah. we'll we'll go with it um you know well it could be also be expensive because he's deaf bobby green's definitely not getting um uh a title shot well that's true so i mean he just got smashed in a minute and 25 seconds and then 35. It was 323 in the first round, so you had about a minute 37. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty one-sided, to say the least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. And, of course, the fight that I wanted to see, the the Hannah Goldie versus Jenny Fry got yeah, canceled. Yeah, canceled. A little annoyed at that. Um, yeah, the, that was – Overall, that was probably then you had uh, the Kim Cochera fight where uh, Cochera won by decision, but people are so mad because she, the eye gouge issue, and they're like, she needs to be cut from the UFC because she dug into Kim's eye, and she's trying to explain it away, and it's yeah, that was kind of brutal. Yeah, and the interesting thing is if you. Um if you go on uh, Google and you look up UFC and you start looking at the cards, she's not there. Yeah, her her face. Yeah, they just yeah, it's like they. She won the fight, but yeah, she's been redacted. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, there people there there's some very upset people out there because yeah, that was a pretty nasty eye gouge and it wasn't well, accidental. You know, it goes back to the design of the glove. Right, yeah. you've got you, you you've got two differing theories on. 
the design of the gloves, right? Yeah. You've got the straight, you got the straight finger gloves like they use in the UFC, or you've got the curved palm gloves like they used in Pride and yeah. and, and Pancrase. Uh, right? the, one, the ones with Bass Rudin and the, uh, that they designed for that karate thing, they're pretty good. They're, yeah, they're actually you can use your hands, you can use your fingers, but it protects. It protects the knuckles and it protects them. It keeps you from eye gouging almost. Yeah, and that well, and that was the thing about the curved palm gloves yeah. from Pride, right? They were, and you can you can kind of see the bias, right? Because the curved palm gloves are great for grapplers, yeah. Because your hand was already kind of in that yeah. monkey paw, you're yeah. halfway to a fist, and it was hard even when you're parrying. It still kept the tips of the yeah. fingers pulled back a little bit, right? The straight palm gloves that they use in the UFC, yeah. along with the hand wraps, it almost forces your hands yep, straight. It, into a into a straight finger so that when you're parrying, it the fingers are out. And a lot of these guys keep their hands open. Yeah. And it's you watch a lot of these styles and a lot of these guys fight with open hands. And they don't close their fists until they're ready to strike. You know, you have your your Overall, guys are striker-based. Period. That they'll keep their, you know, hands fisted. You know, keep the fist. But a lot of them, you know, they have their hands open almost the entire time until they make contact. Yeah. And so, yeah, that people's eyes are getting poked yeah. all the time. Because all, all your if you're throwing that open hand palm and you're closing the the, the fist right before impact, all your opponent has to do yeah. is step in, and they're catching fingers on the step in. And then if you're parrying and you're reaching out trying to grab or, or trying to make contact and stuff, it's it's pretty easy to stick your finger in somebody's eyeball. Yep. Um, so did you see um, our, uh, our our buddy Chemayev and his uh, his tweet uh, in support of John Jones? Yes, yes, he did. Uh, he 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 gave his support to John Jones. Uh, current issues at the moment. Uh, he got yeah. Shemayev got ratioed pretty hard for yeah, that one. Yeah. But, I mean, I understand. Shemayev doesn't understand uh, the issues that are going on. He, maybe he don't understand everything that happened. Maybe he don't quite grasp that it is John Jones' own fault. I hope John Jones gets better. I know we've made fun of him on here, picked on him. But he's in a bad spot right now. And we're not going to pile on. I'm not going to make fun of him. I'm hoping... It's like I told Scott, I'm hoping this uh, helps him get better and it doesn't push him the other way into an even darker place because yeah. he's basically lost his family over, over his shenanigans. Yeah. And that's some pretty dark shit, man, when, you know. That's going to affect anybody, yeah. right, let alone, you know, John. The guy's so, already got some issues. Yeah, so we're – I agree with Jerry. I'm, you know, I'm not going to jump on. We're not going to jump on John. Um, he got ratioed a little bit. Um, Chemayev got ratioed a little bit. Everybody was kind of like, oh, I don't know. This is the best take you could have. But you know, to Jerry's point, he probably doesn't yeah. you know, fully understand what's going on. But yeah, we we hope that uh, we hope that John makes it through this in one piece because the last thing we want is for him to either hurt himself or somebody else yeah. in this. So. Um, you know, heart goes out to John Jones. It, it's always hard when yeah. something like that happens. Um, <laughs> and there's the never mind. I'm not going to talk about that meme I just showed you. No, yeah, <laughs> that one's. Whew. Uh, 
what else you got, Jerry? Well, uh, talking about fights in Bellator, they gave uh, uh, Vanderford uh, after only 11 professional fights. Yes, he's 11 and 0, but they gave him the middleweight uh, shot at the middleweight title versus Gegar Masawi. A lot of hype built up on Vanderford, or as most people like to refer to him, Mr. Paige Van Zandt. And, Mr. Page Van Zandt. And it's funny, some of the commentators on some of the other shows were like, yeah, he's not going to lose that moniker until he wins, until he does something huge to step out of her shadow. And so he goes in against Gigard Masawi, who's probably one of the most underrated fighters you know, in modern MMA. I do not understand how people sleep on him the way they do. He's as of now he's fifty one and seven as a professional fighter, and he goes in and he wrecks house of Vanderford, puts him out of there in eighty six seconds. I mean he drops him a couple seconds into the fight, and Vanderford literally curls up in a fetal position and just gets hammer fisted for about forty seconds, and they stop the fight. It's like. All you know, all this hype, all this push, and Gegard just freaking runs through him like it's nothing. And it's just like, what's next? And he's like, you know, he'll fight anybody. You know, he doesn't care. Yeah. So I, I do not understand how people sleep on Gegard the way they do. Like you said, he's he's forty, he's forty nine and seven with two draws. He won against. Mr. Page Van Zant. Yeah. Um, John Saltier, Douglas, he beat Douglas Lima. Yeah, that's where he had the title from. Yeah, he beat Douglas Lima, beat Leota Machida. Yep. Leota's getting a little old, but fine. He did lose to Rafael Lovato Jr., but yeah. it's Rafael Lovato Jr., yeah. right? I mean, that, that it's not like you're saying that he lost against Mr. Page Van Zant, yeah. right? Beat Rory McDonald. Yep. He bought, he beat Rafael Carve, uh, Carveo. He beat Alexander Schlomenko. Yep, which was a big one for him. Beat Chris Weidman. Yep. Beat Uriah Hall. Yep. Beat Vitor Belfort. Yep. Beat Tiago Santos. Yep. Beat Talas Latis. Yep. Um, he did have a loss to Uriah Hall. He beat uh, Casas Philippou. He beat Dan Henderson. Yep. Um, he he lost to uh, Jacare, but it's it's Jacare, right? I mean, every time I say that he loses, yeah, he's losing at the top. Level. He's losing at top level guys. I mean, his grappling is not the best, so yeah, he loses to Jacare and he loses to uh, Lovato Jr. and I think Uriah Hall. Um, I think that was just like one of those freak knockouts. Yeah, he beat Alir Latifi. He beat Ovin Saint Prue. Now there's somebody yeah. I haven't heard from him. Yeah, well, you, you lose three or four in a row. Yeah, draw against Keith Jardine. <laughs> he lost to uh, to King Mo, but he lost to Muhammad Lawal. But you know, that's a long time ago. Again, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, twelve years ago. Beat Gary Goodrich. Beat uh, Sojuku. Beat Hinato Sabral. I mean. Yeah, he's that beat, is yeah. that that is a Hall of Fame record on yeah. anybody else, and people but just him. overlook it. Well, one, he doesn't talk a lot of shit, and and like I told my wife, I was like, the guy wears glasses and he dresses, he dresses like a history professor at a, at a small local college. He dresses like the guy that's going to be talking to you about 
antiquities <laughs> of, of the British Empire and stuff, and not the guy that's about to just maul you in the cage. He's only thirty six. Yeah, he's, he's not. I mean, he still got he still got quite a ways. And like I said, I don't know. Vanderford, I didn't think was nowhere near ready for this title shot. I don't know if Bellator just didn't really have anybody else right now from a salary, and Vanderford was pushing for this and th- thinking he deserves it. And so they're like, okay, fine. And they fed him to the uh, to the meat grinder because that's what happened. Mm. <coughs> oh, jeez. So, <coughs> so Ovent St. Pru is fighting on the UFC 274 card okay. against Mauricio Hua. Yeah. That will be um, interesting. Yeah, to say the least. If unless unless uh, Saint Prue can get a uh, von flu choke, <laughs> I don't see him winning. The last time the last time Saint Prue fought was uh, June of twenty twenty one. He lost to Tanner. He lost to your boy yeah, Maple Syrup Tanner yep. Bozer. Yep. And then he lost. Uh, yep, he lost to Jamal Hill after uh, before that. You know, for somebody who took. Um, took John Jones. Took to John limit. Jones yep. to the limit. I was really because after the loss, you know, he was doing he he had kind of a eh, you know, two third one third before the John Jones fight, yeah. but after that, man, lost to Jimmy Manawa, yeah. lost to uh, he just went the other direction. Mayor. He had a couple of wins. He beat Corey Anderson, Yushin Okami, um, lost to to. Um, Alir Latifi um, lost to Dominic Reyes. Yeah, lost to Ben Rothwell. I mean, yeah, he's lost. So yeah, he's just kind of yeah, he fell off the, the the run there. Yeah, he's twenty. He's twenty five and sixteen. Yeah, um, I'm kind of surprised Mauricio's still in the still in the mix. Yeah, well, I thought I I thought Mauricio retired, but then they're like, and I think he did. And now he's coming back for like one more fight or something. So, and this is what they're giving him. So, I think it's one of those that are like uh, giving St. Prue a favorable matchup. And prior, basically, if you don't win this one, you're probably not going to continue to fight for us. Yeah, because uh, Hua's last fight yeah. was um, 2020 against yeah. Paul Craig, and he lost. Yeah, Paul, yeah. Paul Craig is quietly making a name for himself. Oh yeah, yeah the the, the bear Jew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah he he beat yeah so he beat Jamal Hill he beat Mauricio who uh, he be, oh god he beat um, Gad 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 Antigolov I'm not gonna try that one any more than that um, draw against Mauricio loss against Alonzo Monfield yeah I mean he's he's coming on yeah. And I think he's got the most, like, triangles in the UFC, triangle submissions. He's a big fan of that triangle. He fights again on um, March 19th um, on yep. Fight Night 204 against Nikita Krilov. That'd be good. That'll be, be a good interesting. fight. Yeah. So, yeah, we got some interesting fights coming up. Yeah. Um, 
and see, so we got some some good stuff coming up in the grappling world. We've always got some good stuff coming up in the MMA world. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Tyson Fury and Dylan White finished their contract. They're fighting in a couple months uh, for the for the title. So we got some interesting stuff coming, especially in the fight world. All right. So you got anything else on fights or various and sundry? Not really. All right. I got one more various and sundry before we go. Um, good friend of the show, Becky from Twitter and Instagram, aka Punks Don't Cry, got her blue belt um, yep. a couple weeks ago. We we haven't had a chance to congratulate her, so congratulations to Becky. Yep. Um, she's been working at it. She's been working at it for for a while. She had um, she's gone through a lot. She had a pretty bad concussion a couple years ago that she had to recover from. Apparently she clacked heads on a takedown and got a pretty nasty little concussion. So she recovered. Uh, she recovered from that and and kind of retooled her game after that. And she got her blue belt a couple weeks ago. So congratulations to Becky. Yep. Um, and in in other news, we've got um, we got the whole Twitter crew coming on the show here pretty soon. So we've got Jerry and I have a a, a nice little group of friends on Twitter, and we all talk about coffee and. Brazilian jiu-jitsu and it's like all the guys like black coffee and all the girls like iced Starbucks frappa chino shit 17 17 pumps of flavor or whatever so we we have this ongoing thing a short paragraph to order it yeah exactly you need you need directions and a flow chart to figure out how to make their coffee but anyway we have this ongoing twitter battle between the 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 grumpy old men who like black coffee and the 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 young ladies who like flavored coffee we all do jujitsu so um i reached out to this entire to this squad and all of them are interested in coming on the show so we're going to have here over the next several weeks we're going to have the coffee wars chronicles (laughs) um so we'll have yeah. Becky on. We're gonna have uh, Matt, um, the the drunk flamingo, on. Uh, we're gonna have Joanna on, and I think we might get Hannah on as well. So sounds good. It'll be a good. Those will be fun shows. It'll be more of our, you know, our. I don't want to say our typical guest shows because none of our guests are typical. No, no. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna be scheduling those here in the upcoming weeks. We're really excited. Um, to have have this crew on because we have a lot of fun on Twitter. Yeah, and, and you know we've talked about it before. As big of a garbage, flaming garbage heap that Twitter can be, you can actually find some really cool, really genuine people to interact with. So, you know, yeah, it's, you can find people that that are cool, truly cool to talk to that aren't on there for for shit posts and the start chart troll you or to cause trouble that literally enjoy the same things you do and you can chat back and forth yeah so that that'll be fun and then uh we're also going to have uh michaela miller also known as rolling with pots on uh, we've talked about her before um she is continuing her jujitsu journey so we're going to get her scheduled um here in the next couple weeks as well to talk to her about her um how she got into jujitsu and, yep. and how it's going with her. And, uh, she's, I, I've really been enjoying some of the posts yeah. from her over the last couple of weeks. She's really starting to see what the jujitsu family, um, is all about. And I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh God, that's dark. I apologize to the, uh, oh, to s- the send me that, send me that. I am. 
Uh, yeah, Jerry and I like dank memes, so we're always sending dank memes to each other. And that one was pretty damn dank. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. That darkness. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Anyway, so we will be right back after this word from our sponsor. Be right back. And we're back. All right, so Jerry, time for your seriously. All right, my seriously, we're going to go back to uh, when we talked about, I uh, think I went over it when we did it separate, separately, uh, the individual in California who uh, assaulted a uh, girl, I think was 10 or 11 at the time when he was 17, uh, has since been convicted uh, after numerous years, and instead of going to prison, the DA in um, LA decided to try him as a juvenile, even though he's in his 20s, and put him in a juvenile detention center for two years. The big thing was now he's apparently transitioning to female, yet every mugshot shows him looking like a guy with a beard, but they keep saying he's trans he's transitioning to female. So that that's one of those things I haven't figured out yet. But the biggest issue is him bragging about the fact that he was not gonna have to register as sex offender, that he was only getting two years that he's being housed with other young girls and boys, that he was excited and that he was, he apparently in the, in these, he was in jail. So these conversations were recorded, which is, you know, what they do in prison and jail, in case you say something, you know, that they want to use. And he's talking to his father and, you know, recanting what he did to that little girl in the bathroom about how excited he was when he grabbed a hold of her. And the fact, and he, he's just bragging about the fact that he's not going to face any consequences. And the DA, even after all this was, this was actually going on while the trial was being prepared, still chose to try him as a juvenile and only give him two years. And now we look around and all this week, Guardian groups have been posting all this all these cases where you had an underage male facing charges for prostituting young girls uh, sexual crimes are on a rise throughout our nation and you can almost see this as a reason it's like there's there's no punishment and the newest don't know if she'll become a Supreme Court justice or not. You still got to go through all the hearings. But the woman being uh, pushed forward by the Biden administration has argued as a lawyer that our country is too mean to sex offenders and they shouldn't be punished as much as they are. So this this person could possibly come, become a Supreme Court justice with the idea that sex offenders shouldn't be punished for a lot of what they do. So it's... My seriously is that, mostly that. It's just, you need to pay attention to what's going on in your local elections. Pay attention to what your, especially what your the prosecutors are doing. Here locally, we've talked about the cases here, and we had our Fairfax, Fairfax County hire a convicted sexual predator to work in the, the DA's office. Apparently, they How's didn't do background. Work? Apparently, they didn't do background checks. As soon as they get it, it's not when they found out what he was. It's when other people found out that he was. Is when they had to let him go because parents got mad. Um, there's a big scandal going on where 
kids went away for a science camp and parents found out that uh, fifth grade age girls were being chaperoned by men so they were sleeping in their cabins because they claimed they are non-binary but the parents issue was these are young girls you know they're fifth grade age girls in a in, in a bunkhouse with somebody with male genitalia so it was a little especially the fact that they weren't even told that this was a possibility yeah and then they're just it, the only way they found us because their daughters told them and so it's it's kind of a an outrage because the parents had no idea that this is what was going on um so that that's my seriously man is for the most part it's like we need to pay attention to what our criminal justice system is doing to some of these people especially sex offenders because here lately sex offenders are getting away with more and more and more and they're giving them lighter sentences or they're giving them probation or they're sending them to counseling and it's almost like it's not that big of a deal what they do it it, it almost feels like they're trying to normalize it. yeah i mean you you had you had the woman a couple of years ago who went on ted yeah. talk and did the ted talk about normalizing pedophilia and that is just a normal everyday thing it, yeah and it was you know everybody was kind of like what the heck's going on with that that's yeah. that's not right right but and it's more, and more the march continues yeah. right so it's it's that normalization um of you know, sexual abuse or um sex abuse or or pedophilia it, it just seems like it's continuing. They just continue yeah. to try to normalize it. And They're making, yeah, it's like, oh, well, it's really not a crime. It's an attraction. It's no different than being attracted to someone who has blonde hair or dark hair or blue eyes. And you, sh they, you know, we should just learn to accept it. Right. And it's like, mm, I don't think so. Yeah, that, that's not going to work. Um, so I've got a little quick series okay. here today, too. So. Everybody knows what's going on in the yeah. Ukraine, yeah. Um, and everybody knows what's going on with, with Kiev and, and, well, okay, so I'm going to preface it with that. We think we know. Yeah. Um, I've got two, I got, I got two different areas for seriously here. One, I appreciate the fact that people are, you know, thoughts and prayers yeah. and donate and all that rot, but I've, I've seen a lot of posts that are like, do your part, sign these petitions, yeah. right? And that's great and all, but this is a shooting war. Yeah, petitions and don't work. Signing petitions and voting in your local elections are not going to change what's going on. And in the yeah, Ukraine. yeah, I've seen. I've seen there was there two politicians going after another politician over him not doing anything when he's a governor of a state. Yeah. Well, you're not helping for the fight in Ukraine, and it's like. Uh, a governor of a state doesn't control our military. Was he going to send like the local militia? Yeah, some he's... state troopers over there. I, I have some bullets. I mean, I'm not sure what their what what the whole premise was where they're attacking a governor, other than it's politics. Oh, you're not doing anything. What's he supposed to do? Yeah, he's not. He. I mean, the only the only thing that he could, and not could, but. The only military influence he has is over the National Guard. And he can't even send them to a foreign And he can't war. send them to a war. Yeah, they, they have to be militarized by the federal yeah, government. to go to overseas. Go overseas. I mean, I guess he could say, well, you can't come to my state, or you're not allowed to buy stuff from us and stuff. But, again, that comes a lot of that comes down from the top. Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, 
there's a lot of posturing going on yes. on social media. Yeah. And, you know, our, our thoughts go out to everybody who's suffering yeah. from this because, I mean, it's a shooting war. There yeah. are people, people dying. dying. Yeah. Um, and my other seriously is everybody needs to be very careful about what narratives they buy into and yeah. what narratives they don't um, with what's going on. There's a lot of misinformation yeah. going on. There's a lot of propaganda for various reasons going on. Yeah. And if you look at the, if you look at the media, and you think how accurate and honest have they been over the last yeah. two years? What makes you think all of a sudden they're accurate and honest now about this? Yep. So I'm just gonna, you know, do your research, you know. But seriously, look at very, you know, look at different sources of information, you know. Try to do a little bit of research on your own, but don't just buy into whatever the narrative is from your favorite news portal because it might not be accurate. So or it's going to be spun for a particular reason. Yep. yep. And like I said, we we've seen over the last 2 years in a variety of ways that the media, the mainstream media on both sides of the political aisle are not unbiased actors anymore. Nope. They have their own agendas. Just because their agenda matches what you typically believe doesn't necessarily mean it's right or true or honest. So just be, and this goes, I, man, this doesn't just go for Ukraine, man, but this goes for everything. Yeah. Be careful about the information you ingest. Don't take anything at face value. And, and, I'm not trying to sound like a fucking, cons and I'm going to use my F-bomb there. I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but you've got to be careful with what you put in your head and what you believe. Just remember, not that long ago, they talked about how many Russian bots are on social media. So just because you see someone posting something and it has a thousand likes or retweets or shares doesn't mean it's real. Yeah. doesn't mean it's not a Russian bot, a controlled bot being shared by other bots to get you to think something, get you to share something, get you to push something or believe something because proper, I mean, in, in, you know, in war, propaganda is real. Yeah. I mean, every country uses propaganda. Yep. Well, in our own. It, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I hate, you know, you don't want to get into it, but, you know, we supported a coup in Ukraine back in yeah. 2014. We had the Orange Revolution that displaced the, the former government that was a little more keen towards Russia with a more Eurocentric leadership. And since that point, uh, the Soviet, you know, Russia's made it very clear they would not allow Ukraine to become NATO because they share a border with them. And there's been a whole lot of push here the last few years for Ukraine to join NATO. Mm -hmm. And Russia is, uh, is wrong for doing it, but they decided that this is the right time for them to invade. Well, and, and everybody who says, oh, we ought to induct NATO, we ought to induct Ukraine into NATO now. Do you guys understand what that means? That means that means Article Five is enacted, and all the other NATO have states to send troops. have to defend them. You think Russia is going to take kindly? They're fighting Ukraine. You think if forty thousand, fifty thousand NATO troops pulled into Ukraine and engaged Russia head on, that's not going to lead to a bigger shooting war around the world? Something else, yeah. Or Russia's already made it clear that if NATO intercedes 
that they may let loose a missile, you know, a few nuclear missiles here or there. And this is just this is one domino in a lot of dominoes, mm -hmm. and we have to be careful letting them fall. China's getting ripped. China's poking around Taiwan real hard. You know, you've got the North Koreans are getting a little getting antsy. a little a little antsy now. I mean, you know, it's there's a lot. There's been a lot of Ukraine is holding their own right now. They're bloody in Russia's nose. EU promised them some military gear and money. The United States, uh, Saturday night, uh, said we're going to send them more anti-tank missiles, anti-aircraft missiles, more ammunition, body armor. So we'll see what happens. Yep. I mean, it, Ukraine, those people are willing to fight and die for their country. If they can make it too hard for Russia, Russia might pull out. I mean, if it's just too difficult... Because even if they somehow force Kiev to, you know, the, the government to capitulate, you still get the citizens who might not be so as willing to capitulate. Yep. I mean, you've got, you know, here's, people forget this, right? An armed populace. Yeah. Right? When, when the, the president lifted all the gun restrictions and said, hey, come get your, come get your yeah. guns. If you want a gun, come get a gun. Right? An armed populace is one of the biggest defenses against in, incursion from, I've from seen a lot invaders. Of, I've seen a lot of funny tweets lately <laughs> of these groups that were just a few weeks ago anti-gun who were literally uh, here in America saying, why do you need an AR-15, why do you need this, why do you need that, cheering the fact that they were arming the citizens over there in the Ukraine. The cognitive and, dissonance and it's is like, unbelievable. It's like, yeah, that's why we want to keep our ARs because it means foreign countries – they have to take that into consideration. So not only do you have to meet our military head on, but you have to hit realize that, you know, almost every household in certain areas, everybody's gonna have a gun and are gonna shoot at you. And you people can sit there and say, Oh well, but untrained people can't beat an army. Really? Afghanistan, well Iraq, Syria, Vietnam. Um, I mean, we could go on for a while here. Well, and, and you, uh, Admiral Yamamoto from yeah. the Japanese Navy, he said, you cannot invade the mainland United States. There would be a rifle behind every blade of grass. That's because American cat, Americans hunt. Americans like guns. We will shoot at you. We want our independence. To yeah. quote Jerry, we want our independence with squirrel rifles. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whiskey and, and <laughs> whiskey and a good long rifle. I mean. The. Yeah, whiskey almost caused the first, the first uh, intra-American rebellion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when the when the when the whiskey rebellions yeah. kicked off because taxes, baby. Old, taxes. old George decided a twenty-five percent tax on the whiskey would be a good idea. Half pay back then, then I'm more costs. But don't screw with your whiskey. I mean, that right there shows you an insurgency works. So instead of fighting a a well-trained colonial army. In Britain, who was an empire, the colonists, for the most part, would hide, you know would you would have the militia. It was guerrilla tactics. Would some would sometimes face them head on, but then you would have the guys hiding in the tree lines with long rifles, sniping, and some a lot of these battles were turned because of these. I mean, King Mountain in West Virginia was turned because when the British advanced, they didn't run into a stand 
a standard line. They ran into gas hiding behind trees and logs and fortifications and picked them off from a distance. Mm-hmm. And the British just suffered tremendous casualties. Yep, they couldn't hang. So, yeah. Got a little off track there, but yeah. yeah and, okay. sh- you know, shout out to the Snake Island guys and girls who said, you know, fuck you. Russian warship. Go fuck, go, go fuck off. And to the young Marine, Ukrainian Marine, who blew himself up to destroy a bridge to keep the Russians from advancing. Uh, last, I saw it early this morning. The defenders of Snake Island, they are at this time not sure if they're alive or dead. There is now idea that they could have been captured after hmm. a ba- after the f- attack. The Russians claim they have them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Ukraine is not sure because they have not spoken to them. They presume they are dead because the island was severely bombarded. But and they haven't had, didn't have any communication with them. But Russia claims that they captured them. And a shout out to the Klitschko brothers, both former world heavyweight boxing champions, who instead of fleeing with the money that they've earned over their lifetime, decided to stay and defend the, their homes in Kiev. And a shout out to the president of Ukraine, who is walking the streets, cheering his cheering his guys on. I mean, that right there, you're defending your home and your president decides instead of fleeing for his safety, like, nope, I'm going to stay here with my people. Well, I guess you heard we offered yeah. him a flight Bi- out. Biden offered Zelensky a flight out, and Zelensky is like, I, don't, I need ammunition. I don't need a ride. So, like I said, Zelensky's, he's fighting, you know, he wants, the f- they're fighting. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this is some uncertain times right now in the world. It is. We're here in America. We got to get up this morning and drink coffee and come do jujitsu in Ukraine. They're fighting for their very yeah. lives. So. Their women and children are in subway tunnels. Yeah. And every man who wants to fight is and on every, top. Some of the women. A lot well, of women yeah, are yeah. carrying guns. I mean, they showed a picture of a young couple. Date night was them standing guard was, with yep. AKs. Yep. And they are standing guard. And that was date night. was them standing helping to patrol Kiev. Because you got, you know, some good stuff going on. All right. Yep. All I got, I think, this week. I think that's all we got this week. So, um, shows have been a little shorter recently. Yeah. Jerry and I have been putting in some hours. So, yeah. we will be back next week, hopefully, with a guest, either yeah. Potts or one of the uh, the coffee crew. And uh, so, until then, thank you very much for listening. Love you as always. Until next week, he's Jerry Armitrout. Later. I'm Scott Barker. We're out. The music for tonight's episode was But I Am Shafts of Light by Mayeth from their album, Wailing Village.